1: Story time with
2: Joey on 1080, the fan. All right, we are back with our friend
3: Joey Harrington here on another Football Friday. Not many of these left, but uh, here we are. How are you? I'm
2: I'm good. How are you? I'm great.
4: As a matter of fact, never good. never better, as I like to say. <laughs> That's is any, awesome. Is I, ever, I like that response. Has anyone ever been great when they say that they're great? I'm I don't great. know in the
3: history of the I'm world, great. I am really great. I'm not lying to you. I'm great. Life's great.
2: I I'm feeling pretty great too. I mean, I got, I'm I'm not going to lie. I, actually, man, how about this? Uh, Sue, so you can just kind of tune out for this part of the conversation. Golf, but um, yeah, I got to play L A North and Tory last weekend.
3: Oh, nice L A North. I, am I should I be familiar with that? What is that? L A Country
2: Club. That's where they're. Yeah, they're hosting the U.S. Open there this year.
4: Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. So you went double yeah. U.S. Open. Uh,
2: yeah, Tor- I got Tory South in L.A. North last weekend. What would you think uh, of uh,
3: Tory South? What would you think of that? Uh,
2: they were getting it ready for the farmers. So all the fairways were in. Uh, all the rough was about shin high. Yep. And it rained about... an. Inch and a half the night before, and pretty steadily for the first two holes. So, um, yeah, it was a bear.
3: Yeah, it's no joke that course. Yeah. Yeah. All right, scouting report on L.A. Before we move on to football,
2: uh, some pretty unbelievable holes. Like you know how you go to a place and it's like, oh man, remember that one hole? You know that one signature hole? You could you could make an argument for three or four holes at L.A. North that would be signature holes somewhere else and it's so like you're literally in between like wilshire or wilshire boulevard and rodeo drive and it's it's just tucked in like this little oasis pretty cool
4: yeah tucked into just that little small community just you know just you know quaint yeah quaint little rodeo drive and you know just mom and pop shops and you know, a soda fountain Well, fountains. you just
2: don't, you know, like, you wouldn't expect a, a, a golf course to be, let alone, like, as big expanses. Like, where the hell did this come from? Like, how in the world did a golf course get built here when it's, like, surrounded by all these high-rises? Like, oh, all right. Is that cool. private? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had a friend who happened to... Um, have access, and um, I was happy to take them up on the offer. So, you know, sometimes you just got to say yes. Hell yeah. This should be life's philosophy. In the words say yes. of Big Tom Callahan, in the words of Big Tom Callahan, <laughs>
4: That's right. why say no when it feels so good to say yes? I tell my kids that all the time. Like if, if someone, like, as, as, as an experience, as you're growing up, if someone asks you to do something, even if you've never done it before, if it doesn't sound that interesting, as long as it's not going to lead you to prison uh, or death, I say, give it a whirl. Worst case scenario is you end give up with a whirl. cool story. Yeah, say exactly. Yes. You know,
2: and then I found 20 bucks, right? You yeah. know, that's what you can all say. And the next time I brought a knife, like <laughs> if it sucked, then just turn it into a good story. Absolutely.
3: I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard that, and I don't have the money to do this, but maybe in your circles, uh, this is a thing. I've always heard that, You can get on any private country club you want in the U.S. if if you're willing to pay. Is that true?
2: I I I have not experienced that, but if you know who to pay, then please tell me because I'd like we can go play Augusta.
3: I think that's the key.
2: Yeah,
3: is the who, but they're there.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explore this. Is this going to be like my next homework? Is to figure out well, who to pay and how much for the three of us to go play Augusta?
3: Well, no, we've already done this. Now I have a buddy that was in the ticket industry. He's moved on to another business now because COVID. I mean, COVID killed him. But he was a he was a ticket broker, and he, you know he sold tickets all over the country. And he would always say, "Dude, you want to get on a club? If you got the money, you, you can you can do it." But I always knew him, and he always knew the guy. He said, "At Augusta." You can play for twenty five thousand dollars. That's what he said.
2: You know what that sounded like? So, um I know this guy who dated this girl, Giselle Ferris, <laughs> <who's laughs> passed out at thirty one flares yeah. last night.
3: Well, He's you don't have to believe serious. it. But this dude, this guy was legit, yeah. my buddy Jake. And we never did this because we don't I mean, I don't have twenty five thousand dollars laying around, although maybe later in life I Would scrounge that up for a once in a lifetime? You got some some plans? Well, dude, it's Augusta National. Like you know, I'll pay twenty five G's to play there before I croak. I actually find that to be a bit of a steal of a deal. Seems seems quite reasonable. (laughs) I don't know.
4: I would totally buy that because you got to figure there are some people that are that around there and that that are wealthy. But hey, twenty five G's is twenty five G's, and if you get it into the right person's hands. You know, that's probably the easiest $25,000 you're ever going to make is saying, Easy. yeah, I'll host this guy. That's right. Yeah.
3: That's right. I mean, Riviera was ten because that's the one we were looking at, and then we, we got to go in with him on it. Well, what about Augusta? But Riviera, you know, ten G's. go down, play Riviera. That's in L.A. You know, But it's better to be Joey Harrington when you just have friends and invite you out
2: yeah. to these nice clubs. Well, I don't – 10000 That's that's a lot of yeah. money, man. Yeah. I, I know. That is. You know, they go down to Torrey, and, and the green fees were too uh, – I had a, so I had a gift gift certificate that uh, my wife gave me like probably ten years ago. That's been sitting in the cupboard, and every time like we look at it, she's like, "When are you going to go play?" Justin Peel called me up. The season ended. You know, things came up short in uh, Atlanta for the in the Falcons in the playoffs. He said, "I'm coming back to San Diego. and Come play golf with me." I, was like, I can use my gift certificate. It was a two hundred seventy five dollar round. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but ten, grand.
4: 10 G-
3: Yeah, Ten G's at Riviera is not worth it to me 25 G's no. augusta national oh, boy, uh, no, man, it's a lot of dough <laughs> that's but you
4: a lot of dough to play golf
3: <laughs> you could get me on the hook now I I would have to it would have to be a nice if
4: I'm gonna
2: yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna spend 25 grand to play golf, I'm gonna fly to Ireland. I'm gonna play Port Marnock. I'm gonna play Royal County Down and Royal Portrush and Carn and Waterford. Yeah, there you go. Like all the way. Like literally, you could work your way around the entire country and not spend 25. No, that's definitely true. Best, like, come on.
3: The way Jake put it to me was that he up. said he said uh, oh no we can get you on augusta national uh, but you're buying drinks and drinks cost $25,000 <laughs> yeah
4: like and I, i'll bet you if you get caught up in the moment right you get caught up in the moment you're like what the hell i live once you know we're fine i'm i'm doing it i'm taking out savings let's go 25 g's i will bet you anyone that isn't just you know f u money right where it's you know if you're worth 15 you know 20 million what that's that's different but I'm bet you at some point in that round, probably when you have a triple bogey or you hit it into the azaleas or whatever, I'll bet you there's a moment where you're like, what the hell did I do? Like, I mean, this is cool, but <laughs> like the the new the, it's worn off a little bit, you're 8 holes in and you're like, I just spent $25,000 for this thing to kick me in the balls. I bet you there's some buyers remorse.
2: Well, I bet you Sue could take twenty-four grand and kick you in the balls just for you know, like save a couple, save a thousand bucks.
4: Right. Yeah, like I, I would love to go play Augusta, Boy, I, I don't know. 20, Twenty-five G's, I, I don't think that unless it's like I'm, I'm gonna die next month. And what am I gonna do with the money? Sure, I'll go ahead and give that a whirl.
3: Well, your guy uh, Lombardi got turfed in L.A. wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he your boy from New Orleans? The O.C. There. Yeah,
2: we were together in New Orleans. Correct. Oh, um, you liked him. I mean, you gotta have a. You gotta have a scapegoat, right? Yeah. I well, mean, I, I I get it. There were stale moments. Completely, completely agree. And, and not that I followed that thing, you know, that situation, you know, day to day. But like we've talked about, when you're literally missing your top two receivers for the majority of the season, and when your defense gives up a twenty-seven point lead, yes, I, I get it. All you have to do is go score one touchdown, have one scoring drive in the second half, and you didn't do that. I get it but you had a 27 point lead. That's that's like what what's a good analogy? Blazers going into the fourth quarter up up 30. And oh wait a minute, that sounds really really familiar to the to the 2000 or what was it 99? Yeah, Lakers Lakers go into yeah. the fourth quarter up
3: 15. No way they lose. Yeah. Blazers.
2: Yeah. Blazers I mean Blazers 18 yeah. point lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, and then, and then firing. <laughs> well, well, nowadays, that, yeah, that seems like nothing. It just, it just didn't, it, it didn't make sense, right? Well, you I, I get there's there's repercussions, but when you add like that, those dots didn't connect for me.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's probably a scapegoat. Look, I mean, we all here think Brandon Staley probably should have been fired for the way he handled the um, healthy players on a week 18 that didn't matter, and then. To blow a twenty-seven nothing lead, he made some coaching mistakes in that game too. At the same time, you know, you, you know, maybe it is just as simple as a scapegoat. But my question about coordinators, particularly on the offense, since that's what you played, I wonder how often they really do do a bad job. You know, it's like, like you see all these guys getting fired. Like Greg Roman is clearly a good offensive coordinator, but just was forced out in Baltimore. I mean, it's it's. You know, how often do you think they actually really do suck at it? Like, this is not working. You are not good. We need a fresh set of eyes. Versus it just being circumstance. Maybe there were injuries. Maybe it's just a philosophical thing. Maybe they just struggled for whatever reason to run the ball or the play calling was was a little off. I mean, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, these guys all know what they're doing. You know, Lombardi included. It's just like, it kind of just seems like circumstance sometimes when these guys rotate in and out.
2: Yeah, you know, the thing I would say about that is, is I would chalk the majority of them up to philosophical fits, right? Does my philosophy of how I want to run the offense, does that fit the personnel that we have, right? Does that I, – I remember, you know, Sherm Lewis, was uh our coordinator for a, for a year in in detroit and you know he's installing this play and i'm looking at him and he's saying this is a good play you know we ran this with you know so and so 15 years ago and 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 this is a good play and here's how you do it and i'm looking at the guys in the room like that you're asking this guy to do that like that, that 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 just doesn't fit now i understand that like yeah it's a good offensive play great you've studied your film it it, you know that would work against this defense but you're asking our players to do something that they're not how do i put this the good if you're a good offensive coordinator you can you can go score some points right You, you can last for a little while the great ones will adjust. The great ones will adapt. The great ones will say, look, here's what I want to do, but here's what I have. And here's how I can get the most out of my, the talent that I do have, as opposed to trying to jam this square peg into this round hole and say, this is what we're doing by God. You know, I don't care what your strengths are. You need to do what I'm asking you to do. And I I think that's, that's the difference with, with, with coordinators.
4: I think the NFL has gotten better at that. I really do. When you look at, like, you know, we talked about Greg Roman. You can criticize their passing attack, but he knew what he had when he got there, and they built the best running game in the NFL. You look at what Philadelphia right. is doing with Jalen Hurts. You you know, we've seen this over the last you know, uh, day, with, um, with Daniel Jones, who's running a lot of college concept stuff. I think over the last 10 years, the NFL has gotten much, much better away from the Mike Martz Hey, you're going to run my system because my system works. If I have four Hall of Famers, uh, so I I do think there's an evolution there in the NFL that's been positive, and we're seeing I think more creative offense.
3: Well, on the Lombardi front, though, I, I feel like if you want to criticize him, you know, you have Justin Herbert. To your point about not putting God, like not doing things that your guys are capable of, I feel like you've got a dynamic quarterback, dynamic arm, and it felt like they never throw past the sticks, especially when they were. In that game specifically last weekend, where they were up twenty seven nothing, it's just like why don't you? I don't know. I, I, it, it was it was a little puzzling at times. Yeah, people wanted to turn it loose. Why yeah. don't you
2: push the Why don't you push the ball down the field? Yeah,
3: yeah, with Herbert. I know what you're saying. He, yes, because Herbert can.
2: Well, great. Herbert can throw it, but but if if for the majority of the season, the guys who can run to the place to get open are hurt, then. You can push it down the field all you want, if there's, but nobody's going to
3: be there to catch it. Well, but then they like also. That, that. So the flip side of that is, they have Austin Eckler. They're up twenty-seven points, and they don't run the ball. So it's like, you know, I don't know what Lombardi. I guess I can't get in Lombardi's head, but it just it just felt odd. And I'm looking at one game. It's not the totality, but it's just it was just weird.
2: Right. That that was a. And if I'm being honest, I left at halftime. Oh, like I I had a basketball, I had a basketball game to, co- to go <laughs> coach. It was like, it was 27, nothing. Great. We took off and we went out to the, you know, we went out to our CYO basketball game and not until after the, you know, after we uh, all saints, eighth grade boys had won. Did I find out that, uh, you know, I saw uh, on a text message from my, my dad and brothers that, that the Chargers lost. I was like, no, you're kidding. They're like, no, they they really blew it. <laughs> it's like, Are you kidding me? Wow. So yeah, I didn't I didn't even see it was one of those things like with with Oregon, Oregon State. Like those things just don't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen, but it did.
4: And when they do happen, uh, people get fired. <laughs> then you get fired. Yeah. yeah, whether it's yeah. whether it's fair or not, we, we say it all the time, you're watching a game and something and you're like, you know what? That's the sort of game that gets <laughs> someone fired, and sure enough, we just thought it would be Staley, but it Staley, exactly. Real quick before we
3: break um, and get into the games this weekend, did, did the coordinator thing ever appeal to you? I mean, does that does that suit your brain, the X's and O's sort of strategy of it all?
2: Oh, sure. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I loved that side of the game. Are you asking if being a coordinator, if, if I ever wanted to be an offensive coordinator? Yeah, like why didn't you pursue Is that? that? Question? No, because that's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like Mm -hmm. do you realize what I've told you this before. Like so Jeff Tedford literally kept an air mattress, like one of those blow up, like you know, you push the butt plug it in and push the button like zan like you know, blow up air mattress in his office. And he slept there from Sunday to Thursday. Like Mm -hmm. that's how much work those jobs take. He would finish work at at midnight. And instead of going home and sleeping for four hours just to get back, you know, get up and come back in at at five or six o'clock, he just said, I I get an extra hour of sleep if I just sleep in my office. Mm -hmm. I don't want that life. Like that, that's not, that's, that's, that's not what I, that's not what I'm about. I'm sorry.
3: I hear you. What about like a coaching analyst, you know? Because didn't Tedford do that for a while at Washington, right? He went up there. Yep, yep. You don't really recruit. You're just kind yeah, of like... I'm just an analyst. You're just like an X's and O's guy. You coach cool. the coach. I mean, the, you know, that ship has sailed. You're retired. I just mean... I don't know. It's just kind of interesting, and you're good at it. So I just wondered if that was something that ever appealed to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the anything involving... Co- as soon as I saw what Tedford did, what the GAs would have to do, like, literally... Like, some of those you know I was I was at Oregon when Helfrich was a GA right watching what those quality control guys did in in Detroit like the hours that they worked the breaking down the film but like as soon as I saw that I was like yeah I love football but I, I I'm I don't love it that much yeah you know that's that's that just turned me off to all all coaching opportunities
3: All right, uh, more with Joey Harrington coming up next. We'll get into this weekend's divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And would would he want Tom Brady as his starting quarterback if he were, I don't know, the Raiders or maybe the Niners next year? We'll get into those items when we return here, brought to you by Mods PDX on the fan.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: All right, we're back with Joey Harrington and uh, some good games this weekend, at least we think. Uh, we were talking about the X's and O's portion of it. Uh, but it doesn't get much better than Cowboys Niners, it seems like. Uh, Joey, I mean, you've got Kyle Shanahan, who's like seems to be a savant who nobody can figure out, versus Dan Quinn, who uh, is one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. This should be uh, this should be this should be fun.
2: This this is going to be a test. I I am really curious to see how Purdy does against this Dallas defense. Like they had gone down the list of teams that not not that he hasn't done a fantastic job. And look, you know, he's won more playoffs game playoff games than I ever even played in. Right with one. Um, and in that one game, he went out and threw for, what, three and a quarter and three touchdowns? Damn. Like, hell yeah, great job, man. But the list of teams that he has beat a couple times, the the Cardinals, um, I think the, the Seahawks were in there maybe. Raiders. They were all exactly under 500 teams. And not that, like I said, every win in the NFL is a good win. But this is different. Dallas. In the playoffs, with this type of pressure, is different, and I'm curious to see how how he does. Whether this is truly like because Kyle Shanahan can do whatever like he can design whatever play he wants, put together whatever kind of game plan he wants. But if Brock Purdy doesn't execute, doesn't doesn't put those play, doesn't run those plays correctly, get the ball to the right person at the right time, um, it, it doesn't matter what Shanahan draws up. Uh, Dan Quinn
4: wins that one. Yeah, I'm looking through, and I I didn't think much about that. Like as as far as who's he who's he's played, but you, you look at it, you, you're dealing with. Um, gosh, I'm I'm trying to see their, their best win would would have been maybe the the Buccaneers. You know, I think that's the only and and or was under the, 500. Yeah, and the Bucks were a sub 500 team. I mean, they had mm. to be at a playoff team, but yeah, it's.
2: Are you are you looking at the list of teams that he played?
4: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And it's it's, less, so on? it's, 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 yeah, the Cardinals, Cardinals I mean, times. yeah, you got the Cardinals and we, cause he started five, the last five games, right? So he, he played against the Cardinals when the Cardinals were playing like their third string quarterback, they had the comeback win against the Raiders. And that was Jarrett Stidham, by the way, that was after they benched Carr. Uh, they beat mm-hmm. the commanders uh, and they beat the Seahawks. And then the other one would have been the Buccaneers. Those are his games. In the right. regular season, in the then, regular season, and then Seattle, last and week. then Seattle, last and now week.
3: Dallas. Who's yeah? That's it. You know, so this is, is
4: a step up in competition. Well, yeah,
3: but the thing about it Purdy, is. it's interesting about him is I feel like Kyle Shanahan, and you guys can explain this better maybe, but Kyle Shanahan, I feel like, is quarterback proof. In other words, anybody back there, I, I feel like every time I watch Purdy, he's throwing to wide open receivers, and I think the the stats back this up that yards after catch, the, the Niners are astronomically better than anybody
4: and it's because they're so freaking open yeah they said that the i was watching their reading this advanced metric thing and they said the average nfl receiver on a reception it's like 1.8 yards of separation is average on a reception all of them and they said that there's four the four 49er main targets right now so iuk uh debo christian and kittle Since Purdy came in, they're averaging 3.3 yards of separation per catch. I mean, that's like. I feel like I'd be pretty good in that. Four guys in an offense. You have four guys that are three yards open on average when they're making the receptions. And again, take nothing away from Brock, but. How does Shanahan do this? That's pretty pretty impressive. That's that's what I want. How does he do it? Because he has Debo and
2: Kittle and and McCaffrey.
3: Mm.
2: Literally, you have somebody at every level. You have somebody, and and the flexibility that McCaffrey gives you—like you can you can put the guy in the slot, you can run him out of the I formation, you can like—he is one of the most versatile. And Debo, like, let's let's not forget that he was complaining last year and didn't want to come back because he played so much running back. Yet he's an All-Pro wide receiver. Like the the amount of flexibility that those guys give you is absolute. I mean, it's gold if you're a if you're game planning. Right? The, the personnel packages that you can put together and the matchups, the matchup problems that you can create are, are nightmares for, for a defense. Like, if you are trying to say, I gotta worry about this guy, I gotta worry about this guy, okay, McCaffrey's coming across. Like, it's just, like, there are some teams that, that have a, a standout wideout, and they'll do everything they can to, you know, get that person a man coverage, right? You see, you know, you see, I've got, you know, pick a pick a wideout. Jamar whenever Chase. I've got X wideout, it, whoever it is, whenever I see single coverage, I'm throwing in the football, right? That's what a lot of teams will will go to. With San Francisco, I would, uh, you know, I won't guarantee, but I'll say 99 99% safe that so they don't say that because by saying every time I get Debo wide, you know, in, in one-on-one, I'm throwing it to him. What are you doing here? You're eliminating the possibility of getting it to George Kittle or Christian McCaffrey, right? This is, if you, he's quarterback proof, because you can scheme teams up to the point where you're not reliant on the quarterback making an exceptional throw. All they have to do is get it through to the right person because you truly have personnel at every level. That's the the amount of wealth that they have at the skill position is, is skill position is absolutely incredible. I don't know how they've done it under the salary cap.
4: If, if anyone wants to be, like if anyone's a football junkie, go out and you can find them on Twitter. There's a bunch of really good analysts that have done this and you can find them on YouTube or whatever, but Watch the 49ers, because they, they stay in this 21 personnel, which almost no one runs. It's two backs and one tight end. Two backs and one tight end. And, yep. and you just don't see that very much. But in you can watch them go with that 21 personnel. You can watch them go five wide. Five wide. Empty. Mm-hmm. Complete an, an eight-yard slant. Run up to the line of scrimmage, right? And, and so there, there's no substitution, and they'll take that same, five, that, that same five personnel, and they'll go two tight end with a fullback. And run that little misdirection kind of crossbuck play with with Debo mm-hmm. as the back and McCaffrey as like an an H back, and then use Check and Kittle as your two tight ends, oh, tight end. you, yeah. And, and then Ayuk still out there, you know, and in, in, you can get one on one with them whenever you want when you do this. But the um, I, you, you just should not be able to go with true two tight end power run formation to an empty set with no substitution, or you can check at the line of scrimmage to do it. They're just they're they're. Their flexibility is unlike anything. So in you're Canada.
3: saying that's personnel driven.
4: Yes, Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. With a bright mind to go
3: with. Well, Shanahan is a bright mind, but we've also seen him where he's had a ton of injuries and it, it didn't yeah. go this well, yeah. right? Yeah. Jims it's like, and Joe's make a big difference. Yeah, but i I think it was Richard Sherman who was saying this, and it may not be, but it was a former player who was saying he was describing Shanahan as this. He said that all of his plays look the same, like you're talking about, like they they all just look basic, or they start with that whatever you call it, the uh, 21 formation?
4: 21 personnel, yeah. 21 personnel. 21 personnel,
3: yeah. And from there, they they build towards more. In other words, it's almost like he's telling a story. Like, first of all, it's hard to gauge where they're going because, like you said, they have all these weapons in that same uh, set. But then there's this next level where he takes it where it's like, okay, once you bite on this, that opens up, this whole other thing that I'm going to unlock now. And then once you've tried to figure that out and bite on that, I'm going to open up this whole other box that uh, is another level to this. And it's like, I think it was Sherman was saying, he's never seen anybody that layered in, in his time. And it's almost, it's, it's like, he's like a maestro with it in what it unlocks, <laughs> what, what the one play unlocks the next play, which unlocks the next play and, and so on.
2: Well and, and when you have those type of instruments, then then you can be a maestro. I mean that's not to take anything away from him as a, as a coach and a play caller, but it's a lot easier to do those things That'd be fun. when yeah. defensively <laughs> you have to be you're not scared yeah. but, you, but you are uh, you are aware of yeah. every uh, of every position on the field.
3: So what do you think this weekend is that that's probably the game of the weekend, right? or where are your eyes?
2: I look. I am of the belief that that San Francisco's defense is simply too good. I, I, I am. I, I I think that that is going to be. I don't know, say a blowout, but I think it's going to be hmm. a bigger win for San Francisco than people think. Okay. I'm curious about the Cincinnati game. That's that's that, that's the one that I, the Cincinnati Buffalo game. I think is going to be an absolute. I mean, that that's going to be a uh 41 to 38 kind of game. I'm curious to see if this offensive line can hold up for Joe Burrow. I'm curious to see if if Josh Allen can limit himself to just one turnover. Like th- this is this is potentially going to be one of those exciting down to the wire high high scoring um oh my god, did you see what happened type of games. That that's the one that I want to watch.
3: All right. Well, we'll get to Brady stuff next week. You coming on next week, right? If you'll have me. Always. <laughs> yeah, always. I love Tom Brady, but, boy,
4: depending on which team, maybe the Niners, I don't know if I want him. Isn't that weird to say? Yeah, well, I mean, look. kind uh, of weird to Joe say. Joe Montana got traded. Stuff happens. I mean, yeah. the, the NFL stands for not for long.
3: 45. How old,
4: and yet, he's gone for longer than anybody. <laughs> how old are you again? Look, I am 44. Yeah. Look, look though, look, look.
3: Looking.
2: If you went through... Just all I have to say before we, you know, we can get, get to this next week. Okay. If you went through what he went through in his personal life at the start of the season, literally as training camp is going on, if you went through that, do you think that your performance in the in the radio booth would be affected?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent.
2: That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. I'm not saying he's not getting old. I'm not saying that his skills aren't declining. All I'm saying is I don't believe that this year was an accurate representation of what Tom Brady can bring to a football team. All right. That's all I'm saying. All right.
3: Well, we'll start there next week and um, have a great weekend of watching football, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Thank you. All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. See you, Joy. Joy Harrington, each week, brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. All right. Uh, up next in the club, how dumb is this Brian Walsh guy? I mean, my God, we got to go through his uh, the list of things he Googled. It's incredible. He's the worst criminal of
1: all time. That's next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.